This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm Sensei Michelle. I'm Sensei Jackie. And invited back again, I'm Sensei Jay. We are so happy to be the three of us talking five animals. Ooh. So I want to start by saying lately, it does seem like some of the podcast episodes have started with the words, while I was researching something else, I thought of this. Yes. (laughs) And that is what happened here. I can't even remember what I was researching when I came across a site that mentioned the five animals of Shaolin Kung Fu. And they were tiger, leopard, crane, snake, and dragon, which some people already know are the same as the animals in Goju. Just in case you're a new listener, USA Goju Federation is our style of karate. Of course, it's a little more complicated than at first glance. Isn't everything? Yeah, (laughs) everything is. Also, Sensei Jackie and I were talking about the animals and she decided to look further into the whole thing. So this episode is really a culmination of what you found, which I very much appreciated. Thank you. It was a pleasure, and I learned so much. I know. It's wild, right? Oh, my goodness. You just can't stop reading. I want to say this, and it's off topic, but I think it'll be interesting to some of our audience. It's funny how when you're young and you have to go to school, you never want to read. But now I really like learning new things. It's true, but do you think that's maybe because we're not going to have a test on them? Oh, I'm sure that's what it is. And we don't have to. No, exactly. (laughs) This is what I'm saying. So what we're going to start with is our five animals are the lion, the tiger, although sometimes Master Collegian would have used a small cat. I've heard him use leopard, and I've heard him use bobcat. Oh, yes. And then there's the snake, the crane, and the dragon. Right. So see, they're very similar, if not identical to the ones of Kung Fu, right? So I thought we could start by just talking a little bit about, as we were coming up, how did the animals influence our different aspects of training? Anybody want to go first? I'll start with the crane, because the crane is something that, even before karate, growing up in South Florida, and now in Central Florida, I see in my backyard all the time. Agree. And, And the traits that they have are all inclusive of of the martial arts. The the first is balance. Yeah, and that's such a big thing. It really And when you first walk in the dojo door, you're all standing in crane all the time, right? (laughs) (laughs) They're balance and when they do move, they don't even ripple the water. Mm -hmm. And then when they strike, Mm -hmm. you know it's at the right instance. And that strike is so accurate. I don't know if I've ever seen one miss a fish. Well, I've only seen a couple strike, but every time they struck that I saw, they hit. And it's cool because what they do in in Central and South Florida is they stand on one leg and they look like that reed grass that grows down here. Exactly. Right. And right. so the fish swim by and don't even know they're there. Talk about stillness. And they wait. And they, then they go, bam. It's really cool to watch, even though it is circle of life stuff. They wait for their one strike. Yes. Well, along with with the crane, I think all of the animals that we studied in Goju represent different kinds of movement. And that was one of the things that I loved when I first started karate, seeing how, could I move like a tiger? Could I move like a crane? Could I move like a dragon? Ooh. 
you know, could I be Ariel? And that was a, such a challenge with the animals. And I always loved the fact that the word tenacity was related with, in our case, the lion, but with the animals, because that is a skill. To have an idea to step forward, that's one thing. But to take it all the way to volition, that's a whole nother ball game, isn't it? Exactly. You just have to be tenacious. <laughs> or a martial artist. <laughs> yeah, or or hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get back to our five animals towards the end of the show. What I'd like to do now is talk a little bit about the animals as they relate to Kung Fu. You guys ready? I'm ready. According to SwiftKickMartialArts.com, which is SwiftKickMA.com, the history goes like this. There are five styles of Kung Fu based on five different animals. There's dragon style, tiger style, crane style, leopard style. I'm tired of saying the word style, and yet I have one more to say. Snake style. (laughs) (laughs) And each one has its own fighting characteristics. That's right. And over time... An actual five animal style grew from that and included the same five animals. This incorporated both a hardness and a softness into training and fighting and later became known as Shaolin Kung Fu. Okay, now I'm going to pause here and say I did read the same thing, but we read a lot of arguments about the basis of Shaolin, how the animals all got involved. And We even just did it recently on the episode with Seafood Rob Jones, who is a Shaolin Kung Fu artist. Yes. So we're not going to have a big argument about which one is the most accurate, because as he so clearly told us, there is no written record. It was all burned up in one of the many internal strifes of China. So what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to say that while talking to Seafood Rob Jones about the history of Kung Fu, He informed us that any mixing of the animals into a single five animal system is relatively new. Again, not here to argue about it. If you want to say it's ancient, call us up and tell us, because would we love to know? We'd love to know what you know and what you think. Of course. And you can reach us all over the web at Wildcat Dojo. Or you can find us on Instagram at Wildcat Dojo Conversations. And... You can go old school and send us an email at dojoconversations at AOL.com. Us. Let me try to get us back on track now. Histories of ancient styles have been passed down generation to generation, and each practitioner stands firm in the beliefs given them by their teacher. I know we all do. Yeah, we all do. Yes, we do. And a lot of that has an emotional component to it. Yes, and the first time you heard it and the first time you learned it, It becomes near and dear to your heart. So it's yours. So we're going to mention one more thing about all those controversies in a minute. But for now, let's just get back to having some fun with the animals. What a great idea. If you um, Google each type of Kung Fu, leopard Kung Fu, for example, information is available. And leopard Kung Fu comes from southern China, uses low kicks, elbows, and something called the leopard fist. We might think of it like a horizontal bear claw where the first knuckle is rolled down. Can we try to find a picture of that, Sensei? We will try. We'll do our best. Let's push on. I'll go with Dragon Kung Fu. Thank you. Dragon Kung Fu is also Southern and takes its power from the earth, driving up through the legs to the torso and out 
the fist. That one sounds so powerful, right? It just reminds me so much of Artentia and Sanshin Goddess. And you know what? It reminds me of dragons in, in mythical movies. Oh, they're yeah, just, yeah. Uh, they're just so powerful. But I'm going to go with the tiger styles. Interestingly, I found both a northern and a southern tiger kingfisher style. Weird names. Yes. According to a site called Imperial Combat Arts, northern styles are meant for larger people and focus on ripping and tearing, a term we love. Yes. Where southern styles are for smaller people, and they focus on one-punch kills and on speed. I also like that. Mm. That's me too. (laughs) The description of northern characteristics versus southern is in line with our conversation last week with uh, Sifu Jones. Us, I agree. Let's keep moving. Us. I'll keep it going with the snake kung fu. According to the sources, it's a northern style featuring long-range kicks and whipping strikes. This one also mentions that it attacks the joints. And that's right in line with our style. Can I interrupt you? Yes. Don't you guys think snakes get a bad, like, rep? People represent snakes as some kind of an icky creature? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Where you think of the crane and the tiger as regal, but I think snakes are, they're interesting. They're, they are powerful. They adapt to their surroundings. And like the lion, they are extremely tenacious. Yeah. And stealthy. Oh, yeah. Their their camouflage has to be one of the best of, yeah. of all animal reptile species in the world. If you look at rattlesnakes that are from the desert, yeah, who can wiggle themselves in the sand, and they yeah. become the sand. You're so right. Uh, a, a, a water moccasin blends with the water, yeah. the dark water. Uh, and again, from Central Florida area, we've seen them. Oh, we've seen them. And they come right up on you. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Let's get back to it. I interrupted. What were we going to discuss? Well, we were going to discuss what Sensei Jay had said before, the crane style, that it's a southern style, and it uses all the body parts as an arsenal. Very cool. At this point, I'd like to just make a quick mention that to me, it, it sounds unusual to have one style based only on one animal because that's not how I was brought up. What do you guys think about that? I agree with that. I think it is unusual for us, but in the times when they were developing, there was probably one sensei or sifu, and that person knew only one style based on... Or it was his favorite. Right. And that's what he... His favorite animal, so he based it on that. And he imparted it to whomever his students were. Or you can picture a monk like observing in nature just a single animal rather than all of them. That's also something I hadn't thought of before. That's kind of cool. I hadn't thought about that at all. Yeah. I just wonder where they observed the dragon. (laughs) (laughs) A good one. That was after a, a Friday night party. I guess. But take us out of this, Jay, by mentioning a couple of other styles of Kung Fu that are based on a single animal. Just mention the styles for me. Us well. There's the praying mantis style and, of course, the monkey style. And both of those are really well-known, aren't they? Very, very well-known. Us. Okay, so I'm going to move on to a site called Shaolin Wanam dash wine, although maybe I'm supposed to say that a different way. I don't know. Looks dot, good to me. Dot A-T, 
backslash Kung Fu, could it be longer? No. They tell us the practitioner should be inspired by the spirit of the animal. Let's share what they consider important traits for the animals, and let's compare them to what we think about our animals. And the traits that we see in our animals. Exactly. What we do with our animals and what they do with theirs. You guys ready? I'm ready. Okay, I'm going to start out with the dragon, interestingly enough. Because whenever I'm teaching the animals, I always say the dragon is the only one that's mythical. There, there are animals that they relate to the dragon, like the Komodo, but right. not, no evidence of any flying dragons ever in real life. Unless I am wrong. And darn. if I am, huh? I said darn. <laughs> <laughs> and if I am, you guys let me know. They say that the dragon should inspire a clear and powerful mind with excellent focus. Where we say the dragon should inspire aerial movement. I like theirs, to be honest with you. I like the focus idea. I do too. And um, from all of the styles that use the dragons in parades, they have to have focus to be able to get that very long animal through crowds. That's a good example. It is. And also it gives you the illusion of Ariel because it's... It's up. Fine. It's up there. It's It's aloof. Yeah. So done with the dragon, where are we going to go? I'd like to pick it up um, at the snake. And according to their site, It's interesting because they sometimes refer to the snake as an earth dragon. And they say it it should inspire strength and the ability to aim your internal energy. Where we say it should build suppleness, rhythm, and endurance. I agree with their internal energy. If there's a coiled rattlesnake and he's coiled and he's ready to strike, they can strike from that position two-thirds the length of their body. Wow. So if that snake's three feet long, from that cold position, he can hit you two feet away. That's amazing. Yeah. That is a lot of energy coming out related to the fist. Yeah. That's his head. And focus and musculature. And you know what? I never really thought about the musculature that's involved in that, but that's like a ballistic movement. That's right. It's not. That's not smooth and supple. Exactly. And it's moving all his weight to focus on one point. His whole body is behind that strike. So let's just say this. I don't know the statistics, but the majority of snakes in the world are not poisonous. If you are talking about all the snakes in the world, there's a small amount that are deadly. And then the rest of them are like your garden snake and your green snake and so on. Correct? That's the only reason I go outside. Because of the small amount. But I don't want people to be nervous of snakes. Of course not. Just because we're talking about deadly snakes. A rattler or something like that. Yeah. Snakes are are good for us. And on that note, Sensei Jay, where are you going to take us? Sure. This one is a little different from ours. They use a tiger as their large cat, where we use the lion. Okay, so that's also different from the original Kung Fu thing I said at the very beginning. So they're using the tiger as the large cat. And you know what? I've heard Master Collegian use the tiger as the large cat in talking before. And and because it's not really small like the lynx or the ocelot. And fast like the leopard. Right, right. Okay, so what did they say? They say the tiger is a symbol of chi or internal strength. It also incorporates the idea of using its claws for ripping and tearing. Our lion characteristics are power and tenacity. Us. So the takeaway in my head here is teachers 
from all time. We're trying to inspire the student to go beyond what is their comfort zone. And in order to do that, they were to find that inspiration in the animal kingdom. I think that's a great idea. And it certainly has lasted the test of time, right? Certainly has. Isn't Sifu Jones the tiger ripping System. system? Yeah. So he incorporates all of that. Hopefully, Sifu, you're going to hear this and you're going to get back to us and say, you crazy folks <laughs> across the pond. <laughs> Let's just stop with ripping and tearing a minute and say, we do love that term because it is one that we use within the context of our kata saifa. We often speak of that using the concept of ripping and tearing. And plus, it's a great visual. And you know, you know what else I feel relates to this? If you think of, of ancient man who, who is learning to hunt, he has to study the animal. He has to know the animal's movements. So the ancient martial artist used the same thought pattern. I love it. I do too. I have a, um, a friend who went on a photographic safari in Africa and actually saw a leopard. And the way that that animal moved it, it climbed a tree right in front of her. Wow, cool. And so ever since then, thinking of the animals and the way they move, I've had this vision of a leopard in my brain of how wonderful that would be to see. And sure enough, it's, we're studying it today in the Kung Fu animals. So can I take it again? Of course. So what did they say? Well, they say that its characteristic is speed. And even though that site didn't mention internal characteristics for the leopard, Another site said it represents bravery and ferocity. Our small cat that we use represents speed and patience, which is, I I would say, very similar. I would say very similar, too. I agree. And I would say patience, and we've talked about this tons of times on this show, is such a powerful characteristic that is underrated. That's right. And I wonder if what we take from the animals, do we assume they have patience? And that we're interpreting it that way, or they don't even consider it. They're just waiting. Right. They don't even consider it. It's it's part of how their makeup. They're born with a skill. Exactly. I wish we were. We have to work at it. <laughs> I have to work at it. Yes. Patience. Who doesn't? And we talk all the time on this podcast about if you're starting to feel impatient, your three go-tos are make sure you're not hungry. Yes. Make sure somebody didn't trigger you with something they said. And for God's sake, breathe. Take a breath. Just in case, folks. But we've said that so many times on this show. So I'm going to push this on, right? That's right. Because I'm going to finish this up with the crane. I've always loved the crane, even though you talked about him earlier, Sensei Jay. They say it has the characteristics of elegance and essence. Wow, does that sound fancy? Just like you, Sensei. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. And we say the crane is balance, grace, and self-control. Which is, I say just like you said, say. Uh, <laughs> which is also really cool. I mean, it, yeah. I, oftentimes when we're playing the game in the dojo, pick your favorite animal, in my mind, I think of the crane. Because I just, I love the idea of the gracefulness. There's a beauty. And like I said earlier, I, I watch them. There's such a beautiful beauty to watching that mm-hmm. creature do what they do. Mm-hmm. And it, you could add patience to that list, balance, grace, and self-control, because when they go, they go f- like lightning, but they wait indefinitely. You can't wait that long. No. 
I sit and watch him, and I'm like, okay, I'm done. And then he goes, no, wait, stay another minute. I'm going. No, we have to open the trips in public if we're hungry, right? <laughs> All right. So we're kind of going to finish off where we started, if that's okay with everybody. Yes. There's one more site, and it was called gokempo.com. So obviously a Kempo site? Us. I don't think we actually did an episode on Chinese Kempo, did we? I don't think so. I think we did one on Ed Parker and and also um, how he related to Elvis Presley. Correct. So I'm going to find that episode and tag it. And then audience, will you let me know? And I will listen also to see if we said enough about Chinese Kempo or if we need more. I certainly have known a lot of artists and it's a great style. But let's get started. What did the site say? The writer said, um, a difference between my training and what I read about Chinese training is that we merge all the animal traits together into our own fighting style, and that's to guide inner growth. Oh, so that is different from traditional Kung Fu. And it is interesting because it's similar to our style, which also discusses and incorporates all five animals. Us, I'd say. And our, our friend Sifu Jones reminded me that it makes sense that our style refers to the same five animals because Chojin Miyagi did study in China before creating Gojiru Karate. And, you know, I think we've done an episode on Chojin Miyagi. I can't believe that's true, but I think you're right. <laughs> How is that even possible? I don't even know. But that's where we're going to leave it with the idea that sooner or later we will get to Master Miyagi. And I'm not going to make any credit kid jokes there. Thank you. (laughs) All right. So let's tell them about Honor Athletics, of course. You can reach Cynthia at 770-945-5150. Give her a call. Or do the easy way and just scroll down at the uh, bottom of the notes and click her link. She'd be glad to hear from you. And use our 10% discount by saying Wildcat Dojo when you check out. Thanks, guys. So I really learned a lot in this research, didn't you guys? Oh, yes. yes. Another shout out to you, Sensei Jackie, for doing that hard work. It was a pleasure. Thanks for coming on the show and doing it. My pleasure as always. Stay safe, well, and ready. Uh, That's good advice. I certainly think so. Bye, everybody. See you next time. And you know I'm signing this out. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.